0: Thanks for joining us for this latest podcast from the Herbert Smith Freehills Pensions Practice. I'm Olivia Kettleborough, the professional support paralegal in the pensions team here at HSF, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Tim Smith, our professional support consultant. Tim, thanks for joining me. It's
1: a pleasure, thanks Olivia.
0: In this podcast today we will be discussing the new pensions dashboards. The Government ran a consultation from the 31st January to the 13th March 2022 on indicative draft regulations relating to the implementation of pensions dashboards and on the data requirements for pension schemes and providers. On the back of this consultation, it is important that trustees and providers check when their scheme is likely to be required to connect to the dashboards and develop a plan to ensure their schemes are dashboard ready. And on that note, I'm going to turn to Tim to ask my first question. So, Tim, the idea of pensions dashboards has been around for quite a long time, but it seems that we are slowly moving closer to them becoming a reality. But what actually are they?
1: So, essentially, the idea of pension dashboards is that they will be uh, online platforms which an individual can use to access information about all of their pension savings and benefits in one place and securely online. Essentially, the hope is that they will help people keep track of their pension savings and also change the way that people think about and plan for their retirement. You're quite right to refer to them as pension dashboards because certainly under the current proposals, the idea is that there will be multiple dashboards and that will include a non-commercial dashboard that will be run by the Money and Pension Service. Um, Now, there are a few things just to be aware of. In terms of the latest proposal, so, so the plan is that dashboards will cover pension benefits and savings under a wide range of different schemes, so master trusts, contract based schemes, occupational pension schemes, both DB and DC. And in, individuals will also be able to find out information about their state pension benefits via the dashboards as well. Initially, the dashboards will only show information for deferred and active members of pension schemes. So, so if a pension's already in payment under a scheme, The proposal is that that will be excluded, certainly from the the initial dashboards. So essentially, an individual will be able to log on to the dashboards. And once they've verified their identity, they'll be able to request information about their pension benefits and savings from all of the schemes connected to the dashboard ecosystem. And where a positive match is found, information will be returned to that individual.
0: That all sounds really, really interesting. So when will the dashboards be launching and what would you say schemes need to do to make sure that they are dashboard ready?
1: The intention is that there will be kind of a phased approach to the kind of implementation of the dashboard requirements, a bit like we had when auto enrolment was first introduced. So they've resurrected the idea of so-called staging dates and schemes will have to connect to the dashboard ecosystem from their staging date or by their staging date. And a scheme staging date will be determined based on the the kind of type and, and size of the scheme. In particular, it will be determined by reference to the number of active and deferred members in the scheme as at the scheme year end date between the 1st of April 2020 and the 31st of March 2021. Now, in the draft regulations that the government has set out a kind of indicative timetable, and the plan is for the first schemes to connect to the dashboards from June 2023, and that will start with the the large auto-enrolment master trusts. Uh, We'll then move on to other auto-enrolment DC schemes, then DB and other DC schemes, and then on to kind of smaller schemes. Now, one important point to note here is that there is a difference between staging and what's called the dashboard availability point. So although the first schemes will need to stage based on the current proposals from June 2023, the dashboard will not be available to users, to the general public from that point. The intention is that, you know, the government and the the dashboard delivery programme will determine at what point kind of there's sufficient data on there to make it a, a kind of positive user experience. And at that point, the the switch will be flicked uh, and dashboards will go live. But there is a difference, therefore, between staging and when the dashboard actually becomes available. You you asked as well what schemes need to do to get ready. Well, essentially, this is going to be a huge data exercise. So schemes will need to ensure that their data is ready for their staging date to be connected to the dashboard. And obviously. They need to ensure that that data is accurate. And and the sorts of data schemes we'll need to provide will be things like accrued and projected pension benefits and savings, depending on the type of benefits that may may need to be expressed as a capital sum and also an income. And they'll also need to provide details about the employment that gave rise to those benefits. So if trustees haven't already done so, I, I think the key things they need to do, as you alluded to at the beginning, is firstly, try and work out when their likely staging date is based on the indicative timetable and also begin to develop a plan with their scheme administrator to ensure that they will be ready on time.
0: Well there's obviously quite a lot of information there and this is going to be quite a big change for trustees and providers of pension schemes. So are there any legal issues or risks that you think they need to address?
1: Yeah I think there's a number of things. I mean as I primarily we're looking at this as a data exercise but there are Legal issues and risks that schemes will need to consider and address before they connect to the dashboard. I think one of the key things is going to be the scheme's matching policy or matching criteria. So, under the draft regulations, um, it's been left for trustees and providers to develop their own matching criteria. Essentially, schemes will need to decide for themselves what data elements they will use to verify. A user's identity and to what extent that personal data will need to match the data that the scheme holds about that individual before they will release pension information to them you know so for example does does the data you know if somebody submits name date of birth national insurance number address does that need to match the scheme's data 100% in order for data to be released and there to be a positive match or for example if you've got A member from you know overseas, and say an umnout is missing on their uh, on their name or the name that they've they've submitted or or on the scheme data, would would that mean that the data couldn't be couldn't be disclosed? So schemes are going to have to work that out. And clearly, the priority for schemes is going to be ensuring that data is only provided to the right individual. But they also need to have regard to kind of user experience because if if people go onto the dashboard and find that they can't find their pensions they're getting a lot of effectively negative returns or a lot of partial matches are made. That's going to be quite frustrating for users and for those scheme, that scheme's own members. So so schemes are going to need to think about that. I think two other areas I would just flag in terms of legal issues. The second is uncertainty over individuals' benefit and entitlements. And that can arise for a number of reasons. It could be there's uncertainty over how a scheme's rules should be interpreted, particularly in the context of a DB scheme. It could be there are discretionary practices under the scheme, and there's a question of well, how should that be reflected in you know the information that's provided and the value of benefits provided via the dashboard? And what if there's a discrepancy between the scheme rules and and scheme practice and what, what actually happens? Clearly, schemes will want to ensure that the data they provide is accurate and not misleading. So, There may be some legal questions that therefore need to be considered in terms of, okay, what should be included in the value of somebody's benefits for the purposes of the dashboards? And then the final thing just flag is that schemes will clearly need to update their agreements with their scheme administrators to address issues around complying with the dashboard obligations, reporting, data protection risks and and any potential liability that might arise from, from any of those things.
0: So you've obviously mentioned data protection quite a lot in your previous answers, and clearly this project is all about data, really. So what would you say the key risks are from a data perspective that you know schemes need to be considering moving forward?
1: So, yeah, I think there are a number of data kind of risks and issues that that need to be considered. Clearly, the kind of top of the list will be ensuring that information is is only disclosed to to the right person. I think what clearly one of the biggest risks from a data perspective uh, with the dashboard is the information being disclosed to the wrong person. And with that in mind, clearly, schemes approach to matching is is going to be very important. Linked to that one of the features of the initial dashboards is that individuals will be able to export their data or agree to their data being exported from the dashboard to a a kind of a sister website or a third-party website where it could be manipulated and they could use tools and modelers to to work out different things and and, and to get advice. Now I think there's clearly, I think from a user experience it, it makes sense having that functionality and the ability for people to export their data so that they can they can make use of it. But clearly it also introduces some additional risks in terms of potentially that data being misused or, or falling into the wrong hands. And so schemes might want to think about potential risks around that and anything they could do to mitigate that. And then the final one that that I know trustees and providers are concerned about is is risks associated with providing inaccurate or misleading information. Now, this is no different to I don't know, providing inaccurate information on a benefit statement or, or, or something like that. But clearly the scale of that risk is likely to increase given the number of inquiries that might be made via the dashboards and also that the type of information that, that might be shared. So I think schemes clearly want to ensure their data is accurate. Something we have called for actually in our response to the consultation is the ability for trustees and providers to to not disclose information if they have a kind of material concern about the information being potentially misleading for a variety of different reasons. And and I think that would be an important safeguard to include in in the final regulations.
0: Perfect. Well, that brings us to the end of today's podcast. Uh, Many thanks to Tim for joining me, and we hope that you all enjoyed listening. Um, If you want to be notified about our future pensions podcasts, please subscribe to our UK Pensions blog, Pensions Notes, or subscribe via the Herbert Smith Freehills channels on Spotify, iTunes or SoundCloud. If you have any questions or feedback, please don't hesitate to get in touch with one of us or your usual Herbert Smith Freehills contact. Thank you for listening.